What's up, everybody? You're listening to The Unpaved Path, a podcast that inspires the next generation of female athletes to pursue their goals and own their journey. My name is Reagan Rust. I'm a former captain of Boston University's Division I women's ice hockey team and pro hockey player. I'm talking with female athletes of all backgrounds to talk about their journeys, the lessons they learned along the way, and advice they'd like to give younger athletes. In this episode, we talk about the journey to becoming a Division I athlete, how the recruiting process is like dating, committing and decommitting, and how important it is to focus on controlling the controllables. She has one of the most positive attitudes and is someone that every coach wants on their team. Let's jump in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Unpaved Path. My guest here today is a former Division I hockey player for Merrimack College, a longtime body image advocate, and a CrossFit trainer and athlete. She can be found on Instagram at jessie1814 or on her website at coffeewithcoleman.com. Without further ado, welcome, Jessie Coleman. Woo! Thanks for having me. (laughs) Sure. Um, Oh, sorry. So what have you been up to? What's been going on in your life? Um, Well, working and pretty much spending any other hour at the gym as exactly what happened tonight. So uh, yeah, pretty much that. Just doing like a side job with some kids right now, virtual teaching, but um, Mm -hmm. that's not anything to do with my career at all. Just like (laughs) was a quick option to make money. So I did that. And uh, right now just training full time, mostly with Olympic lifting and then with CrossFit um, in hopes to qualify for the games the next couple of years. So we'll see. When are, they, when are the next games? Um, so they're actually happening this weekend, but because of COVID and everything, it's like a way different like like scenario than usual. It's like yeah. the top five athletes only made it and it was online. Um, usually they're in August. So hopefully it will be next August, like the first week of August in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, this year it's like all weird because of COVID and everything, but I didn't expect to qualify this year. I, it's like, it takes, it takes time to build into it. So I've only yeah. been turning at it for now, like just under two years because of hockey, obviously. I was yeah, but so tell cool. everyone your PRs because those are <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh, well, I just hit a 237 clean and jerk. So that was, that was exciting. Um, and then a 170 power snatch. So, or 170. Oh which was exciting. That's um, so intense. 375 deadlift and 315 squat. So You know you would have broken a lot of records at BU. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I broke a lot of records at Merrimack. But oh, really? I didn't, yeah, I did. I mean, I actually got um, a strength and conditioning athlete of the year my senior year. No Merrimack. big deal. So I'll add that in whenever I do the real That was like my one thing that I wanted because it was something that I had control over. And it was like, I don't have control over how many goals I can score. Like if I'm not in like 24, like if I'm not playing every single game. So it was kind of like one of those goals I set like my sophomore year, I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this. And then it complete, it came as like a complete surprise too. But really why? Uh, because I wasn't even going to go to like the award ceremony. <laughs> Are I, you serious? I was in grad school my, um, oh, okay. senior, my senior year at, um, with like hockey and everything. So I was like, I had class during the ceremony and my mm-hmm. training coach was like, Hey, you should probably come tonight. And I was like, I don't even have anything to wear. And that's always been an issue for me. Yeah. As you probably assume that. You have to <laughs> yeah. So I literally wore like, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's giving me like such a hard time They're like of course like you wear something that shows your arms like yeah. I like, literally nothing fits me so like hate on me as much as you want but like 
I showed up tonight and then I had to leave. That's after you I got do. Nothing door. fits me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But but yeah, that was kind of like one of those things. And that was like when I decided after my sophomore year, things were like really rough with school at Merrimack mm-hmm. and with hockey. So I kind of decided that like I was gonna channel my energy to another sport once hockey ended. And that's kind of why I'm like here now trying to achieve this dream of CrossFit. Yeah. Were you doing CrossFit before you graduated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually started training CrossFit like my the end of my junior year of high school. Um, my brother was doing it because he was like really small and boys mm-hmm. hockey and um, he's he massive. Now. <laughs> yeah. He, you guys are all like so. Oh my gosh. He's so strong. It's crazy. Yeah. He, he can almost snatch 300 pounds, which is like, wow. it blows my mind. Um, and he doesn't, I weigh more than him. So. <laughs> That makes me feel great about myself. Anyway, um, but yeah, he was like the one. And I always kind of looked up to him, like, especially when it came to hockey. Like, I want to do everything that he did. Like, that was why I started playing hockey. Um, so I saw, like, how these workouts were going for him, and I really wanted to do it. But my mom was like, I'm worried about your knees. Like, I had really bad knees because my legs grew so fast. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, we walked into – my mom walked into this gym that had a Groupon that was up the street from us, actually, like, right behind the rink I started playing. I love Groupon, too. And it was a CrossFit gym, and basically, we all just joined because of the Groupon, and pretty much just fell in love with it, like, right away, because of the gymnastics side of things. I was a gymnast growing up, Um, and then one of the coaches pretty quickly, actually, the coach I was, like, the most scared of, um, pretty much was, like, I'm training you for hockey, like, end of story. Like, you're not doing classes anymore. Like, let's go, Mm -hmm. and um so yeah that was kind of like every time I did for hockey yeah yeah so like my training like became like mostly for hockey which was really cool because you know like that feeling that you get when like you're skating and your legs are just like and your lungs like it's Mm -hmm. it's like such a hard feeling to like create and training I feel like and like the right scenario and I always that burning feeling yes so much lactic acid Yes. And that was like, CrossFit was the only thing that was like comparable to it. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily I had CrossFit like training up until like through college. So when I, we started doing that conditioning test, you guys know the conditioning test. Which right? one? The seven. The on ice. Yeah. On ice, the mm-hmm. seven from the like you're trying to get in. goal line, goal line, goal line back, down back seven times. And then oh, I have nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah. The rest what five minutes maybe and then do yeah, it again. five minutes and then do it again yeah so that actually like most of my training once we found out that was going to be like a test like mm-hmm. that was what all my training was basically focused on was that test because they put so much pressure on us about it yeah so, did it help oh my gosh 100 percent. i Are had you- an amazing like the thing that was crazy is like i might i was not obviously i wasn't the fastest on my team yeah. But my drop-off time, like, I was, you could tell I was in shape because I didn't have a huge drop-off. Like, mm-hmm. it was almost, like, the exact same time. Um, yeah. It was, like, under a second or something like that. So, mm-hmm. it was, it's pretty cool. And I was getting, like, I felt so quick and fast on the ice. Like, yeah. it was amazing. Like, just my training when I would go into after summer, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. Like, quicker, faster, more confident in my ability. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, like, never really got injured. So, that was pretty cool. That's so insane. There's so many injuries in hockey too. Yeah, and not that like people just play through is like crazy, but I mean, like I had overuse injuries from like hockey, but like yeah. I never, I had been hit some pretty nasty times, and I was very lucky that I didn't. Nothing stopped me from playing. Yeah, 
you and I are both like similar players. We're both tanks. Like nobody's yeah. <laughs> off the puck. Like we're too, yes. we're too strong for that. Oh, true. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It was so fun when we got to play each other. I know. I love that. Oh, also background information for everyone listening. We used oh, yeah. to room together in high school. Um, every tournament we played for Pensley. So we would room. I would go there by myself, but her dad would be there. So he would drive us both to games, which was awesome. Anyway, shout out to your dad. <laughs> right. All that driving. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, so you said your brother was the reason you started getting into hockey. How old were you and like, where were you when that all happened? So I was about... I think I started like learn how to skate lessons when I was like four years old and um, my brother was already playing hockey and honestly like my parents were like well we wanted you to like learn how to do like things that were like social so like we live by the water so like they had me in swim team and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they wanted me to know how to skate for like stuff and then gymnastics obviously Um, but it was funny because like the gymnastics gym and like the hockey rink were literally within like walking distance of each other like and it was three minutes away like down the street from our house so so it was kind of like it was there so like they were gonna take us there anyway um so yeah I did learn how to skate and then coach Ken the guy who taught me how to skate was like all right you can do figure skating or you can do hockey and I was just like I want to be like my brother and play hockey (laughs) (laughs) so that was why I played hockey and yeah yeah. and that's in Maryland correct yeah Maryland yeah so that ring actually is no longer that rank's no longer there. It's actually like oh, a football okay. place, but yeah, quickly transferred yeah. rank very fast. As you Where know. was the next nearest one? Uh, the next closest one, I think, is like 10 to 12 minutes away. It's in... Uh, How did you get blessed with so many rinks near you in Maryland? Well, there's... So there's rinks around me, but it's more so I had to drive because of the level of hockey, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So okay. it was like if we want to start talking about this, it's a long road, but Dude, let's do it. May as well. Uh, this is all about the unpaid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's long. So basically I played boys hockey up until I was about a peewee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had my goal. My goal like was always to go division one in either hockey or gymnastics. It was like, I just knew I wanted to be an athlete in college. Like that was the number one thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I also like had a little bit of hopes for like the Olympics um, for hockey, I guess. I we all. Know, but that was like, like Hillary Knight, like all that, even like Casey, like, which is crazy. Yeah. She ended up being one of my coaches. But anyways, um, I always had that like mindset of like, I want to be an athlete when I go to college. Like who knows what I wanted to do in school, but you know, yeah, for some reason. For that sure. was so anyway, so I played in like boys teams mostly up until peewees. And then my parents were like, look, like, you have to start playing for, like, a women's team if you want to get recruited, like, and you want to, like, you know, it's a different game, too, like, you probably yeah. noticed that as well, um, so pretty much, like, said goodbye to all the rinks that were close by, and then the next closest rink was, uh, like, 45 minutes to an hour away in Rockville, mm-hmm. which was where Pride played in, like, Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Um, so I started playing for, U- I think, maybe U14 team there, Mm-hmm. um for two years and then slowly worked my way up to junior pride and I remember I played junior pride when I was I was the youngest on the team I was 13 and oh that was like my first experience on a team that would travel like without your parents and everything yeah. um and I'll never forget my coach Christian who like was so hard on me long hair curly he, no he was like okay. big bigger guy like 
shaved head, had glasses, blue eyes. He was from Sweden. Oh, okay. Don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he uh, was, like, so hard on me. And I was, like, I'm the youngest on the team. Like, there were so many, like, I just felt like I was, like, constantly being picked on. And, like, mm-hmm. um, I loved that team, though. Like, it was a great team. And um, I remember having this conversation with him. And he was, like, I'm hard on you because I know you have potential. And I was, like, oh. So you're not just, like, being mean to me. <laughs> and that was, like, the first time I realized that, like, his coaching was, like, it was like for like for a reason and like it was good that he was paying attention to me and it was like something that I should like look for in coaches on teams and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so that was kind of like the first moment I realized like I had potential I just didn't really realize like how good I was I was just kind of like having fun with it like yeah for sure you know doing what I loved and um so then that team eventually um folded and I was gonna originally play for U19 pride Mm -hmm. and that team um kind of like fell apart it was like kind of like a weird situation I don't remember exactly what it was but I was supposed to I basically had another year of U16 and it was like either go U19 on drive or like you know sit back and the reason I wanted to go U16 was like recruiting wise most division one teams are looking at U16 not so much U19 because it's like too late at that point mm-hmm. um anyways so then it was like, okay, let's go more north. So then we went to play for Quakers, um, tried out for them, made the team like right away. They like thought it was like amazing at hockey. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like they think I'm really good. Like, yeah. um, and I kind of, I mean, looking back now, it was definitely like the right move in the moment, but I think I should have probably left there another year, like earlier, um, mm-hmm. because then again, the same thing happened. That team ended up falling apart. There just weren't enough, like, of these highly skilled girls that, like, wanted to play in college at the level that I did. Yeah. So I was, like, devastated again. Like, you know how it is with, like, teams. Like, you become family with, like, these people. Mm -hmm. And I was driving, like, two hours for practices. And I just remember being, like, I want these things. And, like, I just don't feel like all these girls want the same thing that I do. Yeah. So it was, like, drive two hours for a practice that was, like, eh. And, like, I would, like, train myself before, like, run laps and, like, do strength conditioning, like, just on my own, because I was, like, I need to make, like, these two hours worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad would drive me, so that was a lot of driving, like, four hours. Get home at, like, yeah. one, one in the morning, go to school in the morning. and That was the worst. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, um, miss a ton of school on the weekends, like, so much. At, like, and you'd have to miss, like, Thursday and Friday, because you'd have to travel. Yeah. And you'd have to game Friday, so you'd be in Canada, and they're, like, oh, this isn't, an, like, this is not an excused absence, and I'm, like, well, this is what's gonna get me to college, so. Yeah. I mean, if you're making the grades, then. Yeah, and I was, I was, I mean, I wasn't a great student, but, like, I was passing. I was fine. Like, I was above yeah. a three-o. Like, I just, at my school, it was a very good public school, so, like, everyone is, like, top of the, you know, sorry I wasn't in, like, AP, AP classes. I was in standard, yeah. but, like, I was, I was passing. That's all that mattered. Yeah. So, then, um, yeah, I found out that team folded, and it was like, we have to find a team for me as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back down to Pride, tried out one day at Pride. I really didn't want to be at Pride. I just was yeah. like, this is just an option. I'm just trying out one day. And then I had to go to Pittsburgh because that was the only other option. So literally drive five hours, try out at Pittsburgh. Um, and I just remember I absolutely loved that like that tryout was fast like yeah yeah, like you and like um Mackenzie and like coach Mooney like it was just oh and Victoria too yeah 
it was so much fun. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is like a hard practice, but like I was having so much fun. And mm-hmm. I remember I had a broken nose at the time because I had played rugby in the spring. Oh no. Yeah. And I broke my nose playing rugby and I will never forget that because every time I like tried out on a team or something like something was wrong and I'll never forget that I literally had a broken nose when I was trying out for Pittsburgh Wait, but, was it like taped up I don't even remember no, that no 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 it wasn't taped up or anything but like I had gone like a head-on collision with like another girl like her face mm-hmm. like hurt like top of her head and then like my face like right in hers it was like bloody and everything yeah Gross. So, yeah that was that was really fun um but I just kind of remember being like I think this is like this is where I want to be like I knew it was going to be tough with billeting and like all that and trying to figure out where to play but I was like this might be the right spot for me yeah um so it was like literally me just praying like that I make the team because Mm -hmm. there was that new rule about like how much percent of your roster can be from like yeah it was like two players could only be from yeah so it was like it was tough like Mm -hmm. I didn't know they I was new like they didn't know who I was like yeah um, so long story short, made that team, which was amazing. And um, honestly, like those were like the funnest two years of hockey, like ever. So much fun. I was. <laughs> we had so like we would go up for a practice weekend, and like I never stayed in a hotel. I always stayed with somebody on the team. Like yeah, that was the best ever. part of the Pittsburgh team. And we would just have fun. Like it was like I had always been like so focused on like getting to play division one that I really didn't let myself have much fun at all in Mm -hmm. high school. Like I was very focused, like narrowed my group of friends down to like such a small crew. I played boys high school hockey, like for fun. We won states my sophomore year. It was so much fun, but (laughs) it was just like, you know, it's Maryland high school hockey. Like I was one of the better ones on the team, but of course being the only female, you have to face some unfair, I don't know. They just, there were certain things that were very unfair about it, but whatever. I remember I got chirped a lot in boys hockey. Oh, yeah. I got headhunted, like everything. (laughs) If you were better than them, they automatically went after you. And it wasn't like a nice way. It was like cheap. It was like they trip you, they hit you like from behind, like, yeah. And then boys on my team would just go crazy. And I was like, guys, I can handle it. Like, if I couldn't handle it, I shouldn't be out here. Like, and it's like, it sucks, but like, I'm sorry like they're just upset because I'm better than them that's really like that's literally all it is and like (laughs) yeah so I'll just never get like I didn't make like the all-star like first team like Mm -hmm. all conference I made the second team all conference and all that like whatever and I'm like I'm the only one that's gonna go any like I was literally the only one that played college hockey like not even divisions just like the only one (laughs) but whatever you know like I said anyways um so yeah, then the whole like Pittsburgh thing happened and mm-hmm. because it was so late for me getting into Pittsburgh, recruiting was a nightmare and it was yeah. like trying to just find any team that needed someone at that point when you're a junior is so hard. Yeah. I had been emailing teams since I was a freshman, but like teams wouldn't look at you because you weren't on certain teams. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't on like Pittsburgh until my junior year. So it was yeah. like, you know, Pittsburgh had been getting looks all these years, but Quakers and you know pride when I was an eighth grade nothing mm-hmm. like so um I had a couple of schools um Merrimack was like my first school that I was like after because um Bean Town right I think yeah Bean Town were, were you at that oh, yeah. The, uh yeah but the that was like the first time I met like the girls on Pittsburgh team I think because that was our first tournament and we had a um we had a tour there 
and we were like, what's Merrimack? Like, oh, wait, I didn't go to Merrimack with you. I went to Endicott. Oh, well, no, no, no. I remember you and I both went to Endicott, but I met like my first year at Pittsburgh. I met everybody at the Merrimack, like, campus. And like, that was the first time. I don't know if you were there, though. I don't think I was there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that was like the first person I, I met Aaron and I remember I had like just emailed Brenton Hill and like the email had bounced back because it was like a different school. And yeah. it's funny because Aaron announced that he was going to be the assistant coach at Merrimack. So I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, got to change the email address there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the first school that I was like, okay, like I'm going to introduce myself, talk to them. So right away I had a relationship with Aaron. Um, I was like really impressed with her and everything. Just thought it was cool that she was a female and like so driven and everything. So first school that I was like into and then um UConn was another school that was like communicating back and forth with me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> oh this is like a nightmare reliving all this uh, Vermont was sort of talking to me and then later um Plattsburgh came in the picture yeah. and then Adrian as well I guess I should probably mention that so um long story oh, short what did you commit there first to I did okay yeah. we'll get there we'll get so, there yeah yeah so um we're going into my senior year at this point and I'm still not committed and I'm kind of like I'm not sure it's gonna happen I'm like yeah. maybe like I was just hoping and praying on Merrimack um, you, you and me I, both <laughs> right yeah. um so I had I had uh gone to UConn camp mm-hmm and he was like, come to camp, like, your, your family should come pick you up after, like, we can all talk in my office, and it was sounding very much like I was going to commit there after camp, so mm-hmm. I paid with my own money, it was like $500, I'll never forget this, um, and I went, and I did UConn camp, and I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was, like, fun, but I definitely wasn't having a blast, I was more so just focused on, like, performing, and felt like I didn't, a lot of times I did these and I did this stuff like on my own. Like I didn't really look for another teammate, like because of my like journey with losing all those like teammates, like I just had to do a lot of stuff on my own and just figure out the rest as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, which might be why I just love making friends now. <laughs> but anyway, so very independent. So kind of like um, went through all that, whatever. And the camp comes and he's like, hey, you work really hard. Like, actually, you're the hardest worker I've ever met, but you're never going to get better. And I was like, what? Uh, And I just, like, kept hearing, like, that was, like, those were his exact words. And I was just like, okay, first of all, that makes no sense. You've watched Mm -hmm. me for a week. Um, You probably weren't even that focused on me because you probably had a bunch of other girls here that you were committing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, look, I'm not offering you a scholarship. I'm not even offering you playing time. You can come here, but you're going to sit all four years. And I mean, sit in the stands. You're not going to play like ever. And I was like, why would you tell me to come to your camp and like tell my family to come? Like, maybe I was like, maybe it was me, maybe I was just leaning, but like, we would have phone calls. Like he would talk to my dad, he would talk to my mom. Like it was just it was weird. Like, it just didn't make sense. And basically he was just like, yeah, you're like a very hard worker, but I would hate to bring you here and just never play you. And so it's up to you if you want to come here now. And I was like, screw you. I started crying in his office. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, it was one of the worst days of my life. I was like, wow, like my value and like myself. And I just was like, 
first of all, I was just like upset. And then later I was like, okay, well, I mean, like I still have my work ethic. Like, and the other thing is that I never had access to ice time. Like these girls did. Like a lot of these girls got to skate every single day. I skated twice a week, maybe if I was lucky. And then I spent most of my time doing off ice conditioning because that was all I had. And I could just shoot pucks on one deck. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, most of my training came from like the summer I would do network hockey, which was like an all boys camp. And I would just skate with the boys and play with them, uh, five nights a week. And that was like pretty much where I got all my development from because majority of the time I was skating with boys teams just to get ice time. So like at one point I skated with junior Nats and then the next year I skated with like a high school team and some other team that was like local, but it was always boys. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like through coaches I knew. So yeah, I was like, that was one of the things we said, we were like, you, I haven't even come close to my potential. Like, I just need extra time. Like I'll even redshirt, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But at that point I was like, if you don't believe in me, like, I don't want to be here. So I pretty much just said like, screw you. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm out. Um, and I was literally upset for like, probably like two weeks. And then rightfully uh, so it's a hard thing to hear. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty tough to hear. Um, Mm -hmm. then my, um, I was, oh, I was, he asked, he was like, do you even have any other division one offers? And I was like, well, I'm talking to Merrimack and I'm also talking to Vermont, but like Vermont would be the following year, not this year. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what about division three? I was like, oh, every division school wants me. Every, every division three school wants me. Like every single one, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was just division one was, I was that bubble player. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I, I was like, waiting on Merrimack, Aaron calls me and is like, hey, just letting you know, like, we love you. If we had a spot for you, we would take you. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, like, maybe we could take you next year, but not this year. Like, I don't want to lead you on anymore. I want you to find a school. <laughs> I'm, like, going to stop, you know, communicating with you unless, like, something happens. But I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Like, we would have loved to have you on the team, whatever. So there goes Merrimack. <laughs> this is all in the span of, like, a month or two. Like, it was... What? It's like the beginning of senior year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, end of summer, beginning of senior year. Mm -hmm. And I just was like devastated because that was pretty much my last shot at division one. I was like, okay, well, Vermont was emailing me back and forth. And basically we just kind of settled on like the communication with them wasn't as clear. So like, I wouldn't say I was like, I just mentioned them because that was like a school that I had been talking to. Um, Mm -hmm. But I like to be very honest and very upfront about everything because yeah. it's like, you know how people are sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically we decided that like the following year, if, if anything, like they were going to watch me. So, mm-hmm. so then I get a random call from Plattsburgh and I didn't even know how good Plattsburgh was. I didn't know who Plattsburgh even was. And yeah, they're, they're like, like raining D. Yeah, they're like really good. For a long time. They're like top yeah top division three team like and I was like oh my gosh like this is really cool like they want me like so I must be like a decent player like yeah okay and so then scheduled a visit um went there looked around and Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware that I was they were hoping that I would commit on my visit and I was like I had been through so much like I was, I just didn't trust anybody at that point. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I was like, this is really cool. I'm going to let you guys know. Um, But I had gotten contact. Oh, that's right. I had gotten contacted by a school (laughs) in Canada, Carleton. um, And this coach thought I was on like the national team. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) But he was like, he absolutely loved my style of play and was like, Mm -hmm. I want you to come to Canada. So I was like, okay, 
so when I was at Plattsburgh, I even told them, I was like, I have to be honest with you, like, this other school is very interested in me, and I, it could be really cool to play in Canada, like, that might be, like, the next closest thing, so I was like, I'm gonna let you guys know, because I'm going to Canada this, like, following weekend, or something like that, so I didn't tell, I didn't give them an answer, I just said, this is awesome, I'll let you guys know, I went to the trip in Canada, and I will never forget, there was, like, a shooting that day in Ottawa, and it was right to, like, a mile away from the campus that I was going to, and nothing ever like that happens in Canada, but of course, the day I was traveling, I was in Detroit, and I found out that, so I was like, this is already not looking good. Wait, what did you say there? There was a shooting. Oh. You remember that? No, I, I don't remember that. Oh, wait. Vaguely. At, like, the Parliament House or something like that. It was, like, the most bizarre thing, and I was like, nothing bad ever happens in Canada. Like, I don't understand (laughs) why. So, um, anyway, um, I go to Canada. I had fun, but I was like, um, I'll be honest with you, like, the academics aren't, like, Ivy League at those schools. Mm -hmm. It is tough. And we're just starting to do, like, scholarships for athletes. That's not really a thing at, like, schools in Canada. So, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. This is kind of weird. I might just say no, but like keep it as like a backup plan. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, time to call Plattsburgh. I'm going to commit to Plattsburgh. Call mm-hmm. Plattsburgh. He didn't answer. I was like, weird. I'm going to call him again. Didn't answer. Called the assistant coach. She didn't answer. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to commit? They won't answer my phone call. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, this whole recruiting process just felt like I was dating. Like, this is probably why I've been single for so long, because I feel like I've been through so many relationships. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, okay, weird, they didn't answer. Um, about a couple days later, I get a call, and I just have a terror, I just have a bad feeling. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this. Password calls me, hey, Jesse. so we actually had three players commit, um, a couple hours after you left your visit, like that are in the exact same position as you, the exact same type of player. So we don't need you anymore. Okay. Well, so much for waiting for me. Yeah. And at that point I was like depressed. Like that was, that was it. I was like, okay, now I don't trust any coach at all. Like I have to look back on who to talk to. And I remember Castleton with Steph Boberg, Adrian, Mm -hmm. Adrian had been amazing all this time. They had always, like, just been, like, we'll wait for you, we'll wait for you, like, whatever, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, Potsdam was always one that, like, really liked me. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin Pierce, I went and, like, did, like, an official visit there. Um, I did an official at Adrian, and then I think when we went to Kitchener with Pittsburgh, I think that was when I, like, officially committed to Adrian. So oh. that was November 1st. And I will never forget, I go to, I call to commit to Adrian, and he didn't answer, and I was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, this is not, yeah. like, I can't, I literally, at that point, I was like, I cannot take this anymore, like, yeah. because meanwhile, like, I'm still in school, like, this whole recruiting process is happening, like, my senior year, like, I'm supposed to be applying for schools at this point, like, yes. so many other, like, factors were happening, and I just will, I, like, will never forget, like, how, oh, mm-hmm. my God, it was so tough, like, I was taking college classes, like, it was just so much, so then he calls me back a couple hours later, goes, Jesse, I'm so sorry, I missed your call, like, I literally just got a new phone, you're the first person I called on it, like, everything, I'm like, 
oh thank goodness I'm like okay I have good news for you like I'm gonna commit like I want to come there and he was like this is the best news ever like oh my gosh I can't wait I'm like yeah woohoo so I was like at that point I was like you know what I'm just gonna try and be the best division three player I can like if I can't play division one I'm just gonna you know strive to be the best division three player that I possibly can train like extra hard like whatever Mm-hmm. And I was going to actually try and play multiple sports because I was like, you know what? I love sports, so I might just walk on the lacrosse team. Might try I don't know. <laughs> and um, so finish out my senior year. Um, it was May. I was on the boat for the Blue Angels, which is like a big like air show that's huge, yeah. a huge deal here in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I get an email from Aaron Hamlin at Merrimack saying, hey, Jesse, just wondering if you've committed yet. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, why would she be reaching out to me? Like, and even Kathy Pippi was like, Jesse, did you see this email? Like, and Kathy responded. (laughs) Kathy was like, yeah, she committed to Adrian. And I was like, hold on, hold on. I said yes to Adrian, but it's division three. I'm not signed. I didn't sign anything that was like keeping me. The only thing I signed was like my deposit was in for like admissions and everything. Like I was going to go there. And, um, so I was like, okay, um, like, what's the, what's the deal? Like, why are you reaching out? Because we've had some issues with like some academic stuff, some players we're not sure about. Um, I, can you like hop on a phone call? And I'm like, well, there goes my summer because who knows what's going to happen now. I can't tell anybody because I don't, no one can know. Like, I don't know who these players were. Like, I don't know the, the behind the scenes of it. So this is all happening within a span of probably a, a month because it was May, it was end of May, and I didn't officially commit until July, so mm-hmm. back and forth, we were, like, discussing scholarships and everything, um, I was never offered, like, a full ride, and I didn't expect yeah. to have a full ride, um, mm-hmm. it was just kind of one of those things, like, I was late commit, like, that's just how it is at that point, mm-hmm. it was any money I could get, and the goal was to basically make the same, make school the same amount of money that it was going to be if I was going to Adrian, I said, this is the deal, like, it has to be less, or has to be the exact same. Otherwise, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't put that on yeah. my parents. Like, Merrimack is a very expensive school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'll be honest with you, like, I don't trust anything right now. Like, the only reason I committed to Adrian was they, like, waited for me. They trusted me. And I would hate, hate to, like, you know, break that relationship before mm-hmm. it even started, basically. Yeah. felt like I was cheating on my boyfriend. Like, that's <laughs> literally what it felt like. That's that <laughs> I'm such a, like, loyal, like, like relationships matter so much to me so like this was just like oh like a whole like two weeks I couldn't say anything to Adrian because I was like I don't even know if it's possible Mm -hmm. yet like I don't even know if there's really a spot like because that was the other thing she's like well we might have a spot we might not there's other players yeah like well here we go again with like being unsure about me like whatever Mm -hmm. so then um flash forward to a couple weeks later and she's like all right like this is the amount of money we could have for you um and we have a spot for you like do you Mm -hmm. want it and she goes I need you to like communicate with your Adrian coach like make sure that that's I'm like losing my voice (laughs) (laughs) um make sure that that is like okay like yeah you know and like this if this is what you want Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking like well obviously like this is my dream like I want this but I'm just like so broken from like the entire year at this point that I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if this is a good idea, mm-hmm. but like, it's my dream. So like, I feel like I should do it. And it was my original first choice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I 
call Adrian and basically tell them, and they're like, you know what, we had a feeling this was going to happen, to be honest, and, like, you're totally welcome to come back if Aww. anything happens, but, like, we wish you the best of luck, we're so happy for you, like, you know, we'll be watching you, whatever, and I was like, compared to, like, the amount of coaches that just, like, shut me out after I, like, decommitted mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or decommitted, like, stopped talking to them, basically, because I didn't want to go there, um, yeah. and I called Aaron back, and I was like, hey, um, all right, like, I'm in, like, I'm committing, like, mm-hmm. here we go, I guess, I, what's next, like, what do you need from me, and she goes, awesome, uh, bad news, though, like, the one person that isn't going to be coming here was actually one of your old teammates, and I was like, oh, that makes me feel awful, like, yeah, I had no idea who it was up until, and I was so excited, because I was excited to play on that team with that person, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, well, okay. But there was another person as well that had to decommit. So it wasn't just her. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So that was like, oh, the one person I knew. And now I don't. Like back to yeah. brand new, like whatever. Um, so then I was like, I need to come visit as soon as possible. Like I need to make sure this is the right feel. Like I need to be on campus. I need to meet some of the girls. So I scheduled my visit as soon as possible. I went out, met some of the girls and was like, okay. Did yeah, um, I met Chaselyn and Bonfi, my two, one of the goalies, and then Bonfi was, is now, like, one of my forever best friends, which is really cool, yeah. um, but, yeah, met them, and hopped on the train, was going to Merrimack, so, <laughs> it was a complete nightmare, like, I will always look back at that and just be, like, I can't believe I got through it, because it was tough, like, your value, like, you don't realize how much you, like, value yourself until like someone basically says like you're not good enough like that was the constant fight of like me being like I am good enough but like I'm but like everyone's telling me I'm not like and so that was just like a constant battle like going on in my head and like man, what a way to live your senior like pardon I said what a way to live your senior year right I was just gonna say like we associate so much of who we are with like our sport person 100% like that places value on us and so like when we don't feel good enough in our sport we don't feel good enough as a person and it's just like how are we gonna find that separation between being ourselves and being that athlete yeah and that's something I noticed like my freshman year like I basically had to tell myself like you cannot, you're happy, like, which sucks, because when you're, before you get to college, like, hockey's, like, your fun, it's, like, your happiness, mm-hmm. when you get to college, it's, like, it's, it's still that little piece, but it's, like, a job, like, you're technically, you're getting, paid, you're getting paid to do it, like, mm-hmm. and it is no longer, like, like, you go into practice, you have to focus, like, I will never forget how tired I was after practice, just because of how like locked in I had to be on every little thing on every drill like every because pretty much every practice my freshman year was a tryout like because they were like we're making cuts at the end of the year because and that's something they don't tell you and like oh you get to college you can get cut like yeah what so parents got me like a picture frame my of uh my team my freshman year and I'll never forget it. like during Christmas I was like wow I really hope I don't get cut because I was picture framed with like the whole team in it and that would really suck um could you imagine you start putting like expo x oh, in people's faces you know what's funny you guys do that? some people did do that <laughs> 
and you look up and you realize like how many people from that first year now we were also like it was a weird situation because we were the first ever team so mm-hmm. like you know you're gonna lose players like that's just a fact like whether they get cut whether they quit like there's just there's gonna be people that like you lose but I didn't ever assume that many people so like the amount of exes that just that all but some people we yeah you're gonna have to send me that picture so I can put it on the video I I might have to <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, so do you want to get more into your college experience like what yeah. was like the four years that you were playing there yeah. yeah um so my freshman year um my first game ever was like sold out was like so cool I've never played in front of so many people before yeah it was amazing it was like mm-hmm on ESPN 3, which I know it's 3, but I was like, we're on ESPN. (laughs) We're on ESPN. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that was, like, coolest thing ever. My my family came in. Um, Yeah, that was, like, the coolest thing ever. So, freshman year, um, started out, like, pretty strong. There were not enough people for scratches, so everyone dressed every single game. Um, And I remember I played pretty much every single game um except against Boston College my older sister Julie came and mm-hmm. with my mom oh to play and she's an athletic trainer so mm-hmm. for all you that don't know like sports I should probably say this there's like people that like tape ankles and like take care of your injuries not like the because we know what that is, but it's yeah. very different. So she was um, very busy most of the time, and her and I actually hardly ever got to see each other. So mm-hmm. this was a huge deal that she was coming. And um, I didn't step foot on the ice the entire weekend, except for warm-ups. So I just remember that was a moment for me that I was like, I'm a failure. Like, I, like, I just completely, I just felt like I was not good enough at all I felt like Mm -hmm. I should just quit at that point and I was I was never going to quit but my in my head and I had a person in my life at the time was very very toxic and that was jealous of the fact that I was a division one athlete and Mm -hmm. he was very like you should quit you're not gonna like they're just tricking you like they're gonna throw you know so it was kind of one of those things I had this voice and then I also had like my my own thoughts and then I just felt Mm -hmm. like a failure I was like I didn't even step foot on the ice. Like, what did I even do wrong? And looking back, I'll never forget when we went to Robert Morris. Um, that was kind of a moment that I realized I was overtraining because my coach told me the reason I wasn't playing was my conditioning, which if we go back and we talked about how in shape I was, that makes no sense. I was doing, I would bike in the morning and I would skate and I would uh, like I would go, wake up in the morning at like 7 30 do like a session by myself um, I had Brent and Casey like write me like a program that I would follow mm-hmm. and I was constantly trying to become a player that I wasn't like I was trying to be someone I was trying to be a player that like wasn't me like quick and like they wanted these certain things out of me and I was like I'm never like that's not me as a player like it yeah. was I was trying to become this player that it just wasn't who I was recruited like I was not being like the coach that like coach Mooney like the player that coach Mooney loved I was being I was trying to be like Jesse Coleman that like wasn't Jesse Coleman at all like yeah. I'll never be like a quick player but I'm fast and I'm strong but I'll never be that quick like you know 
highly skilled I'm more of like the grinder like I'm annoying to play against type of thing yeah so, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fun to play with though right fun to play with though like I'm competitive like yeah. you know and so anyway so um I was on the ice probably like four hours a day three hours a day at least and then I was doing extra conditioning on the bike and I was just I'll never forget my legs were just lactic acid constantly like constantly I was not recovered at all I wasn't sleeping enough I didn't take a day off even on Sundays I would go in and I would do something and then I slowly just was like I'm gonna stop biking because I don't think this is helping me like at all and I'm and in my head, I was like, I always need to be the first one on the ice. I need to be the last one getting off. I need to be, I need to be on the ice more than anybody else. Like that was my mindset because I was like, I have to show them that like I work harder than anybody else, which they quickly figured out that like, it was no joke when I said I was a hard worker. Like I will do whatever it takes, like yeah, whatever. And on top of it, like you probably have experienced this before, but in the weight room, some girls are very like lenient about putting weight on certain things. And I was mm-hmm. never like that. I was like, I need yeah. to make this like challenging but like not impossible but like I was the strongest on the team like I had big numbers like and I had to get stronger like I was doing everything I possibly could Mm -hmm. so um yeah slowly realized that I was just like it wasn't my conditioning it was the fact that I was overtraining so I figured that out and I slowly it was so hard to tell myself like stop doing so much like because I still needed like my skill work and everything, but I was just like, how do I, like, what is enough? Like, mm-hmm. like they're not playing me, like, I, but I, they say I work so hard, like I deserve it, like I don't understand. And I had to separate the thought that like my hard work was measured by my playing time. And like mm-hmm. my value was separated from my playing time. Like I had to separate myself completely from that. And I yeah. didn't really do that until my sophomore year when um, I like, did my I trained so hard my freshman uh like coming after my freshman year mm-hmm. I had like severe stomach issues like there were so many like random things that were going on that just like yeah. didn't seem right and um I found out that I had like a gluten intolerance and like a huge intolerance mm-hmm. to dairy and a bunch of other food that I was eating which really sucked so I basically went paleo because of all this and, are you still um I'm no longer paleo but I am still mm-hmm. like gluten-free dairy-free so yeah yeah, but I'll get into that later, but oh, yeah. this is already going to be so long. Oh, my it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, so yeah, summer was like really, really hard. Like mm-hmm. it was, I was training a bunch. Um, I was doing like my CrossFit. I was skating at night and then um, I was training with like MMA fighters. I'll never forget that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, we would like out train them because they had a different like mindset when it came to weights and stuff. But mm-hmm. my coach was like absolutely crazy, would literally kick me. Like, I'm not joking. Like, it was, it's like, I mean, he's like a friend, like a friend at this point too. But yeah. He like coaches me for CrossFit, but he could take me to this level that was just like crazy. Like I was amazed at what I could do and how strong I was getting, mm-hmm. but I wasn't eating like at all. Like, yeah. and I realize now looking back that that wasn't just the intolerances, but that was anxiety and that was stress. Mm-hmm. And it almost developed into like an eating disorder. Like it basically could have been one because I, I wasn't eating because I was so mm-hmm. stressed out and I was so, and your brain is like, is, has, um, nerve endings in your stomach. So like mm-hmm. that are, 
like that are exactly attached to like anxiety and stress so yeah. that's why people get like stomach aches when they're like anxious and stuff like that mm -hmm. um but I would literally have like a smoothie in the day and that was it like I don't know how you did that and I was probably burning like 3,000 calories like yeah. it was insane I dropped a ton of weight I was just miserable I would cry constantly mm -hmm. like and it was just like the stress of like going into my sophomore year as well knowing that there were going to be scratches mm -hmm. and I didn't know where I stood on the team. I felt like I had to prove myself every single second. And I still was worried I was going to get cut. Like, yeah. So, um, finally started when I started doing my, uh, sophomore years, I found an acupuncturist up in, uh, by my school, which was like a blessing. Um, and she's the one who actually put me on the paleo diet and like the elimination and we found out everything. And then we started noticing like my skin would, was clearing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was feeling better. Um, uh and but it was like kind of weird everyone's like all of a sudden you're like don't eat gluten like all of a sudden you're just like yeah. don't and I was like I've I guess I like might have had this and I didn't know mm -hmm. it until I went to school because my mom was always very like particular about the stuff that she would feed us so like, mm -hmm. I was very like blessed with good nutrition um up until college I guess yeah so um sophomore year I went in so I was so confident. I was so ready. I felt amazing. I was strong. I was fast. I was quick. I was really lean, which was unhealthy for me at the time. But yeah. um, eventually, like that got better throughout the season. And we went to St. Cloud. Mm -hmm. I played five shifts. I had I thought I had a great game. And Aaron's like, "Hey, um, great game tonight, but we're gonna sit you tomorrow because." One of the defensemen has a hurt back, so we need to dress an extra defenseman. I was like, okay, well, I'm not the only player that you could scratch. <laughs> like, yeah. And I never really knew how to take it because I was always like, I need to have a good attitude. I need to basically be perfect. Like, I held myself to the standard of, like, I have to be perfect. Like, I can't. But I also, like, obviously was upset like so I would cry about it like because it's frustrating like you work so hard and then you just get told like oh we're gonna just not play you because of this situation um yeah. even though you had a good game like okay so that one game turned into 10 games in a row of what? not stepping on the ice and I was like is this worth it like is this really what my next three years are gonna be like like mm -hmm. Because at this point, like, everyone started fresh. Like, everyone was a freshman. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't understand why I'm held to this, like, standard of, like, what, like, what is a good game for me? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Because I, I think I have a good game, and then I don't step on the ice the next day. Like, and then I started to, like, understand. I would have talks with them about, like, my playing time and watch film of, like, practice and Mm -hmm. do skill sessions like it was like I was doing everything in my power I possibly could meanwhile trying to go to school at the same time <laughs> mm -hmm. and um we did um judgment day that year so that was like did you what know is, what judgment day is I don't know what that is <laughs> so judgment day it's like it's run by these guys who um were all in the military they were all um like navy seals stuff like that like really hard like intense training um yeah. and basically they put you through like um some physical challenges and it's all about building a team like team mm -hmm. challenges and stuff like that oh okay 
yeah, yeah. So it was, it was hard. Like, and I'll never forget, like I, it was, it was hard, but I loved it because it was like push up yeah. and like, it was, um, it gave me an opportunity to show my leadership and like what I was capable of that I had never really gotten an unbiased chance to do that. Like it was always kind of decided like these people, we have respect for these people we don't. And it was like, cause I was on the lower end uh, you just, I just didn't have the same amount of respect on the team. Like that was just how it was. Like it just was that way. Um, so I basically got to be like a leader for a portion of it because I just like ran up and was like, I'll, I'll lead. And I remember I lost my voice because I was counting out pushups and, um, sit-ups and like or flutter kicks and um like all this other stuff so the first day was on a field and then the next morning at like 5 a.m we went to the y and mm -hmm. we did swimming and like all these other things um but yeah that was when i like met chris who was in charge of like our group for that or whatever mm -hmm. so anyway flash forward he comes by during one of the games i'm scratched and i will never forget i had literally just finished crying like I was so upset and I always like put like a full face of makeup on for games like I tried to like present like the best way possible and um I never showed my like sadness around the team because I didn't want unless they were scratched with me they could see my sadness but like otherwise it was if I was around the team like I have to be positive I have to like help them out because they like I knew how much they needed me out there but I don't think my coach at the time realized like that that was a factor that mattered mm -hmm. um so he saw me at the game and he was like why are you playing and I was like well I'm not injured I'm very healthy I don't know I said I don't really understand to be honest I was like I feel like I can help the team and I feel like there's so much I can do but so much is out of my control at this point mm -hmm. and I don't really know what else to do like I my coach at that point, Aaron was like, I don't want to talk to anybody about playing time like ever. And I was like, well, now I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. Cause now it's like the conversation isn't even available. And it was just like, it was like a different answer each time. Like your skill set, this, this, like, this is what we're looking for in the lineup. And this is you, like, it just doesn't match whatever. So I was like, okay. So oddly enough, um, Aaron and Chris have a conversation. And then the next day, Aaron, basically apologizes at practice and is like, I'm sorry because I haven't been an honest coach and I've been, I've become something that like, isn't really the kind of coach that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like I took that apology, like I took that apology. I was like, I, I feel that you weren't this kind of person, but this is the kind of person that was coming off yeah. because Erin was always like very inspirational. Like she did care about, like she cared about us and everything. It mm -hmm. was just, she didn't know how to get past this barrier with me. And it was like, there was a spot for me on the team, but like, we couldn't figure out where, like what was like missing in the lineup when it came to me. So then next weekend, I'm back in the lineup. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. Like, okay, cool. Back in the lineup. Um, and I had like, sophomore year. Yeah. And I was like, I basically started preparing myself for like any scenario. Like I had to be ready to jump in in the third period, even if I hadn't stepped foot on the ice for the mm -hmm. first and the second. I would literally do burpees in between the period to like keep my heart. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Like it was, it was just like I had to prepare. I had to like have 
I never could leave the game mentally. Like I had to always be in the game because you never knew what was like going to happen. Like, yeah. so, oh man, this is so, so much to think through. Um, so I remember I scored a goal against Maine and everything. Um, oh, my freshman year, I scored against BU. I'll never forget that. I wasn't there. Yeah, you weren't there that year, but my, my first ever goal was at BU. I'll never forget that. Um, that was so exciting. Yeah. But yeah, keep that in mind. I scored against BU and there were times I never even got to play against BU. So yeah. I don't know. Like you tell me if this makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, so yeah, finishing out my sophomore year, we made playoffs and um, of course, who do we get to go against BC? I don't step foot on the ice first period or second period. I get one, uh, one shift. Mm -hmm. um and it's we were down and I remember so you know how like the home team has the advantage of like the changes and stuff yes so I go yeah no door yep I go out and they change and I'm I'm pretty is it Keller Megan yeah Megan Keller Keller goes out and I guess Aaron and Steph look at each other and they're like I don't know, because that's, that's the point that I go up against. Yeah. So I go, I skate out, they, they drop the puck for the face off. I skate out, she goes, deeks me, slap shot, scores. And I just lost it. I just started crying, and I was like, and that's the end of my sophomore year. Great. Like, oh. awesome. And I was just like... And I was like, is it real? I mean, obviously the goal was like my fault, like 100%. Like I now know at that point not to go up to a point like that. Um, but then again, she's in the Olympics. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty She good. literally has a gold medal. Like I'm on her highlight. Okay. Yeah. Like that just like but literally gosh, I'm on her highlight. What? <laughs> she said you should be honored to be on her highlight. I am. Oh, now 100%. In the moment, no. But <laughs> <laughs> the moment I was, com- and I just cried, like, and my coach just actually apologized to me after, like, that was not the plan, we just wanted to play you, and that's, that's on us, and I was like, you know what, I appreciate that you said that, but, like, I still messed up, I'm gonna learn from it, it's not gonna happen again, um, but that just sucked, because that was how I ended my sophomore year, and it was like, I made all this progress, and then one, literally one mistake, mm-hmm. and I'm the type of player that, like, if I make one mistake, that's the end of my game, like, yeah. not, like, a uh, anybody else on my team that like they make a mistake oh it's okay like you know you get more shifts anyway like okay mm-hmm. um so I was in my sophomore year um we lost uh we had a coaching change we had uh Brent leave mm-hmm. and um Jake came and he coaches at Providence now but okay. um he it wasn't didn't really affect me that much because Jake uh was a defenseman coach and I still mm-hmm. had staff um and I started to have a really good relationship with Steph and that's kind of what helped me get through was she noticed they had respect for me because of my work ethic and they realized, mm-hmm. you know, my value to the team and like that I brought energy and I brought positivity and I brought my best self like every single day, which is yeah. completely is so exhausting. But like, mm-hmm. that was like my one thing that I told myself, like I literally made a list of like controllables and like things I could control and things I couldn't. And I literally wrote down, like, I don't control if I go in, but I control my effort every single day. I control 
um, all these other things. And that helped me take the emotional side out of it and like say like, okay, when I find out like if I'm playing or not, I get this amount of time to like be upset about it. And then it's time to like, go get that workout, like go work out, get that strength in, like get the conditioning in. And then like, I'm still going to go like get my pregame coffee. I'm still going to get ready for the game. Like, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there. Like I'm going to scream my lungs off for the team, like whatever. And I'm going to like watch the game. Like I'm playing like, and you know, just be there for my team. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was like a lot on me mentally and physically, just like, it's very hard to just always be on point and show like absolutely no emotion. Um, especially when you're hurting so much, but Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so that was sophomore year junior year um was just a tough year for everybody no one really thrived we um were losing a lot of games and we were supposed to be doing well because we were all juniors like Mm -hmm. like you know two years in we should be producing uh we didn't make playoffs um so yeah then going into my senior year um I didn't know what was gonna happen like I was like we'll see like I'm just gonna how many were you left how many of you guys were there 11 11 yeah we started out with uh 18 or 19 mm-hmm. I think um but we got a new coach um Chris Halsey who was a men's coach before this so that was exciting um yeah so that was that was cool um it was definitely different and he brought energy and he had the same like personality as I did and so that was really fun and I remember he like met me after he had talked to me on the phone and he basically called and was like what's the deal with this team like why are you guys like this and we're like well we have some issues with our coach like we don't trust her and that was like the big issue our junior year was like we didn't trust our coach yeah blah 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 um yeah so going into senior year he was like so you're this player that doesn't really play a lot. Like, I'm going to watch you pay attention. I'm going to see, like, what's the deal here. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I remember him being like, I honestly was like, you know, I was shocked that you said you didn't play a lot because I didn't, you would have never guessed that. Like, you had a great practice, like, all this. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I just come out and I just do my best at this point. And I just, like, you know, let God handle the rest. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was like, this is my last year. Like, I'm going to do the best that I can. Like, my goals are not even focused on me besides the strength and conditioning one. Like, it was, like, all goals that were focused on everybody else. And it was, like, I'm going to be there for the team, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the exact goals, but I just know that it wasn't really about me at that point. It was just yeah. about me. And we did, like, a personality thing. Mm-hmm. And basically we found out that like, I'm an I, which means like inspirational, like influential, like lots of energy, very positive. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's me. Like, uh. <laughs> and um, they basically like said, like, you're the energy of the team. Like we need you, like we need your energy. Like we need you out there. And I had become this player that they could just depend on in situations when nothing was working. They could put me out there and they could just have trust in me. And at the end of the day, that was all I wanted. I was like, if, we needed, you know, someone to step on the ice and like do this, like I would do it. Like it was kind of just, that was kind of like what I became and the momentum shift, like after something and um, just me being on the bench, like I took that as, even if I was scratched, like this still happened to me, like I would not get scratched, but then I would dress and I wouldn't play. And I'm like, I just don't understand. (laughs) 
yeah. but I'm here like I'm on the bench like I'm in the uniform like I got to warm up mm-hmm. and so that was kind of like what became like my big thing was like being on the bench and like being like physically being there and like saying like I'm in the game like you know I'm a part of it um and just focusing on everybody else and making sure mm-hmm. that like they like my teammates were good and like focusing yeah. on them because the more that I would focus on myself the more upset I would get and it was mm-hmm. like I would, my name would be called and then there'd be a penalty and I'm like great so I don't get to go now like cool but I'm like all right let's cheer on the next like and it was like I would just channel that energy into something else and focus it on my teammates because yeah. a lot of times my teammates were going through stuff that I didn't even really know about until they would tell me but um you never notice what someone else is going through and Mm -hmm. I was quickly realized that like my situation could be so much worse in so many other ways and that was kind of when I was like I just need to focus on the team more less on myself just you know Mm -hmm. I like I've proven enough that I like work hard and stuff like that it's just kind of whatever happens happens at this point and um yeah so we made playoffs but we ended up losing to Providence but um I got to yeah yeah yeah. but like my like big highlights like I remember I did get to start against UConn which was like huge for Mm -hmm. me screw you (laughs) I almost scored against UConn so 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 close I only had an amazing save give her credit for that but um and then I got to start and that was like a surprise I didn't know that was gonna happen yeah Uh, and then I got to start against Northeastern which was really cool um and like play a bunch and it was funny because when I would play in like a full game like I was so tired after because I wasn't like I was in shape but like you know game shape is different than like yeah so anxiety plus moving yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah so like they gave me a lot of like really cool opportunities and like my senior night I remember I was just like this is my last game like I just knew that this was it and we went to play Providence and we didn't, we didn't win the first game. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't play, but I was dressed. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I remember going to the second game. I actually had like literally no voice. Like I lost my voice completely. And they were like, we yeah. really need you to step it up. Like, we're going to put you out there tonight. Just use your voice. And I was like, okay, like, okay. So I, I used my voice and there was a point where I was supposed to go out and then there was like a penalty or something. And so like, mm-hmm. I never got to play. So I literally didn't get to play my last two games, which sucks, but like, no, it's, it's, but it's like one of those things though. It's like, it's, it doesn't reflect my entire journey there. And yeah. it wasn't as much as it sucks. And as much as like, I could just be mad and angry at my coaches. It's one of those things that's like, you gotta just let it go because mm-hmm. otherwise it's unlike, just unnecessary grudges to hold against and like yeah there's more for me in life than division one ice hockey like Mm -hmm. and that's kind of when I decided like my junior year I was like you know what this just might not be my thing like Mm -hmm. I have something greater coming and like my moment will come this just isn't it and this isn't about me this is about my teammates that's why I'm here and that was honestly the reason the only reason I say it were my teammates the only reason because mm-hmm. it wasn't about me. After my sophomore year, I was like, this is not, like, I'm not, I might not ever score again. Like, yeah. this is it. And I'm pretty sure I scored against BC, but they didn't check the goal. So I'm forever mad about that, but whatever. 
Um, but I got to like prove to myself, like I played against BC and I had an amazing game against BC. Like I got to like go back and like, for myself, I had games that I was like, you know what, like I proved that I was like good enough to be here. And like, I stayed all four years and that was like a win in itself when pretty much everybody else, no, everybody else in my position quit. So, or like transferred. So really? Yeah. And I'm like forever grateful that I stayed because of my teammates. Like it was 100% like just to stay for them. Like, yeah. we all had to get through it together, and we have a very cool bond now because of it, so. Mm-hmm. All the pain. Turn, it just yeah. turns into laughs, honestly. It, does. it really just turns into laughter. Like, oh, my God, but there was a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of laughs now. <laughs> so much pain. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's why I love CrossFit. It's just so painful. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I totally get it. I have a, a lot of laughter from RIT, so. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's fine. What are you gonna do? That's honestly at the end of the day, it's like it's it's cool how much what those four years have done for the rest of my like for the rest of my life so far. Like these moms that I watch their kids for virtual learning and they're like, How do you stay so calm? Like mm-hmm. you don't react when like something's going on. Like you don't it's like doesn't affect you. And I'm like, I have been in some very tough situations where I, all I wanted to do is scream and be mad and cry and be frustrated but I didn't I had to learn how to like take a deep breath and like respond to a situation and not just re like react and like yeah, out of emotion crazy which is everyone's first instinct like someone cuts you off oh screw you and I'm just like they cut me off maybe they didn't see me like maybe yeah. like you know what I mean like it's just kind of one of those things like those all those like the four years of like having perspective and like understanding what I was going through just shows me that like there's so much more that like has been preparing me for like what I really truly want to achieve you know what I mean yeah no I totally get that and at the same time too like you have such a great outlook on life and like you've learned to know that nobody owes you anything like you get what you put in and like the only thing you control at the end of the day is just a good attitude 100 percent yeah and you have, you, you have the perfect attitude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I try, like, I definitely, and here's the thing, too, is, like, I try to tell people, like, I do have bad days, like, when it comes to attitude, but I try to separate myself from people if I do, and I would rather be by myself and say, like, I'm not having a good day, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, everyone has a right to have emotion and, like, feel yeah. it, and I'm, like, I it's not fair for people to just expect me to be perfect all the time, mm-hmm. but it is fair for me to say like, Hey, like I'm not having the best day. Like I'm just going to put myself off to the side. I don't want to bring anybody down. Like, and that's kind of like usually yeah. what happens. Those days don't happen very often, but mm-hmm. um, that's like my advice to anybody is like, if you're having like a really tough day, just say like, heads up, I'm not having a great day. Just like today, all I'm going to do is put my head down and work hard. Like mm-hmm. that's at the end, like that's all you can control. Like, Um, and then there's some days that you can fight through it and you can like you know put on a face but some days it's for your own mental health um it's better to just be quiet and just Mm -hmm. separate yourself so yeah imagine if we actually told people how like what was going on instead of just having a bad attitude (laughs) right right especially on teams with full girls like everyone's on different levels like you never know what's happening girls on their periods like oh my god Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like a lot of times when I am like that's when I'm in pain on top of it and I'm just like I can't today like I just and but the thing is is with my team I didn't have the opportunity to do that like that was never 
a possibility um, because I was the only person <laughs> mm-hmm. that was like dependent on for the energy. But I'm just saying like now, like times when I'm like in the gym and stuff, like for example, this past week, it was just God awful. Like so mm-hmm. many different things happened. Um, and I basically was just like outside training by myself, like the entire week because I was like, that's just not happening this week. Like, <laughs> I can't, like, I just cannot do it. So I'm just going to be yeah. by myself. I like jumped into did like a class workout and like, you know, was happy for that. But um, yeah, that's just part of being human. Like we all experience pain and we all experience stress and anxiety and um, bad things happen. It's just part of life, um, but we can't dwell on it. We can't just let it bring us all down. You know, it's not fun yeah. to be around people when they're like that. So. True that. Okay, so I have one last question for you. Okay. You've done a great job talking. It's actually oh, my yeah. as a podcast moderator. Yeah. Very easy. So oh. um, if you were to leave a piece of advice for the next generation of female athletes, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> so, so many pieces you can tell them. <laughs> yeah, I think I got to go with don't try to be anybody but yourself. And I feel like that's so cliche, but the reason I say that is I spent so much time playing hockey and just growing up, like I had sisters. So it was like, I was always compared to people and I was always comparing myself to my sisters. Like I didn't look like them. I didn't have like the same body as them. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a lot of my unhappiness and like where I've that feeling of like not being enough came from just comparing myself to other people Mm -hmm. and the second you stop comparing yourself to other people and you just focus on you and like you versus yesterday versus Mm -hmm. you today versus where you want to be um you're going to be so much happier because you realize like how much you like there are people that want to be like you like yeah and that's um as like a young kid I wish someone just said that to me so much sooner because I was always trying to be like look like my sisters and like Mm -hmm. I was the strongest one but like I didn't look like them so I didn't feel like I was like good enough like Mm -hmm. and then hockey it was like I didn't play this certain way so like I was trying to make myself play a different way but that doesn't work because that's not me like so just be the best you and just focus on you know yourself and growing from whoever you were yesterday and think about you know those little things that you do Mm -hmm. um and like where you want to be not like how you want it like you don't want to follow someone on social media to look like them and be like them like you follow them because like they're a role model but like at the end of the day it's just about like becoming your best self like that's really all it is honestly it's so hard to, but like I feel like women are just comparing each other all the time and it's like the second we stop that comparison in our head and we just like shut it down like especially as an athlete like you're always compared to like these other girls you're like oh he'll hold date this girl but she's not an athlete like she doesn't look like me it's like yeah yeah you're off like you have all this like she's got this like there's it's just different it's not better or worse it's just you have different goals like you're gonna look a certain way like you know what I mean you can't let that upset you like that's something that makes you so great yeah (laughs) I can't wait for the girls that have been messaging me to hear what you've just said because yeah have been suffering from comparing like comparing themselves to other people I'm like you're you're your own person like if somebody commits to a better college okay what skill set do you bring to another college exactly like your fit may not be your fit right so best piece of advice I can't wait to clip that out I'll see preview.
<laughs> but anyways, Jesse, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, um, you have such a great attitude and I know that people are going to get a lot of benefit from this. So thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for tuning in today on the unpaved path. Feel free to subscribe for future podcast updates and to follow me on Instagram at ray.rust. Have a happy hump day.